Sound seekers, if you are a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you for your undying loyalty. If you are a new listener, please don't leave me. This is the intro, the part of the podcast where you are forced to listen to me talk about what I'm about to talk about on the show, a show we call Sound for Thought, a podcast produced by Redefining Records and hosted by myself, Andrew Schultz. If you like what you hear, please give us a follow on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram at Redefining Records to keep up with new episodes and other cool shit that we post. If you have any suggestions for how the show could be better, you're wrong. It's already the greatest podcast in existence. That being said, if you think there is somebody we should really be interviewing or something you think we'd be crazy not to talk about, shoot us a DM on Instagram at Redefining Records. We recorded this chat early last week before all of the coronavirus craziness really exploded, and this will definitely be the last in-person interview we do for a while, but fear not, we are recording more interviews all the time remotely over the internet, thank you internet, And we're going to keep bringing you more content because that is what the world needs right now, limitless content. Today, I am very excited to share with you a lovely conversation with Jordy Sines, otherwise known as Lake Walks and also known for writing and producing for Love You Later. He's extremely talented and even more kind. Jordy and I talk about all sorts of pleasant things in this interview like how to get out of a creative rut how to leave behind fossils of yourself through your music, the rhythms of life on tour, how it can be the most amazing thing ever and the worst thing ever. We talk about the indie romance film that is his marriage, staying out of song debt, Pokemon, Joseph Campbell, Joey Cams, BoJack Horseman, and so much more. You can follow Jordy on Instagram at itsjordy.com. Find his music everywhere that DistroKid puts it, most likely Spotify or Apple Music if you're a normal, non-crazy person. Definitely also take a minute to check out his Lake Walks project, especially if you're into ambiance and peaceful, chill music like me. And finally, stay tuned for the interview. We're going to listen to one of Jordy's songs first, as always. You will hear in the interview, he talks about the song, he wrote it for his wife, and it's his own personal favorite. Hear the whole story of the song about halfway through the episode. This one is called Easy.
Okay, let's do it. Sweet. Let's Sounds just good. dive right in. So I always like to start by kind of just painting a picture of your history as a musician, starting with childhood, of course. Cool. At the beginning. So I'm, I'm always curious to hear like how you grew up with music, whether your parents were musicians and like what kind of music they played around the house, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. So I grew up with music kind of all around me, not in any sort of like professional way. Like my dad just like played guitar in high school. And so we had like acoustic guitars laying around the house and he'd play like Beatles and Beach Boys and Led Zeppelin and all that stuff that he grew up with. So I just grew up hearing like, it was like pretty normalized. Like you play the, if you like a song, you play it. That's cool. Um, yeah. And then in addition to that, my family, I have two older brothers. So mom, dad, and two older brothers, we were all involved in musical theater in like the local area. Yeah. Just like community theater. So like everyone was always singing songs. Um, both my brothers like dabbled in music as well. And like, they both had written songs before I even, like, considered it. Mm-hmm. So all of this was just, like, normalized. It's like, when you're a part of this family, yeah. you pick up a guitar and strum it. Yeah. You sing songs around the house. You write songs. Um, and, yeah, so, like, it's kind of like one of those things where you don't find out that it's not a normal thing until, like, you're older. And it's like, oh, yeah, just playing music around the house. And people are like, I wish I could... Yeah, you can. You just pick it up and strum it. Um, But yeah, so I guess it was just like pretty normalized for me early on. And so I started playing guitar when I was like 10 and like started writing songs shortly after that. They started off silly. Like my first song is a love song about a koala. That's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) I want to hear that song. I still remember it. I still know how to play it. I should probably record it in sneak it on the internet sometime you should definitely record it i mean you could do a whole kids music album that's actually so i have four nephews and two nieces now and i'll play music for them and yeah all all my brothers and sisters-in-law are like you gotta make kids music uh because i kind of just will improvise songs when i'm hanging out with them and kids love it and so it's it's not officially on the agenda, but it's definitely Yeah, it's on the back of your back yeah. of your mind. Yeah, it's it's definitely an option. <laughs> I like it. I think you'd be good at it, yeah. So did you ever take lessons or anything, or are you all kind of self taught or family taught? Yeah, for the most part it was it's all been self taught. That I had like a few I think like when I was ten we had like this four week once a week lesson that my brother and I did together as like a community guitar lesson at like gotcha some community center and it was helpful but it was like learn this nirvana song and come back next week and it's like i had never heard of nirvana because i'm 10 and yeah can't relate didn't listen to nirvana <laughs> <laughs> uh but it, it was helpful it, it like got me playing guitar more and then more comfortable and just kept doing it from there i took a like a music theory class in high school oh cool um which high school? I went to Mission Viejo High School. Okay. Yeah. And so between that and, like, the choir class, I think it just, like, it expanded, like, my musical vocabulary. And I would, like, take what I learned and, like, go home and be like, great, I know 
what this chord means and like how to use it now. Mm-hmm. And so I would try and learn stuff and then apply it. Um, and so it just kind of like integrated it into like what I was already doing. Yeah. Um, so like s- technically, I guess that would be some sort of formal training cause it was like getting taught, but for the most part, just self-taught. Yeah. And at what point in your journey did it seem like this is something I want to pursue? Like this is something that's a higher priority for me than other things. That's a funny question. I feel like I'm asking myself that question a lot. And I think it, it really just goes back to like, this was normalized for me. And so I don't think that there ever was like a deciding point of Mm -hmm. like, all right, I'm going to do it now. This is like, I'm going to take it seriously. I think it was just, this is a thing that I do and I just haven't stopped doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some, sometimes I'll put more effort in and like take it more seriously. And sometimes I just relax a little, but for some reason I don't stop writing songs and I don't stop recording. So it's kind of just keeping the ball in the air at this point. That's good. How often do you perform? Um, <laughs> That's a funny question too. Like I, yeah, that's one of the things that's like, oh, a person who would take this more seriously would be like out there trying to book stuff. And I, maybe, yeah. Yeah. I kind of just like let stuff come. I, I used to try and book more shows or put on house shows at our house. Um, but now it's like, if people ask me to play, then I will. I'm, I, I want to get in the habit of playing more. So sometimes I'll play like three, four times a month, and then sometimes I'll go three, four months without playing at all. Yeah. So kind of inconsistent. I just, if there's a wave, I'll ride it, and sometimes I'll just chill. Yeah. It was just interesting because when you were talking, it seemed like you were saying, I write and I record, you know, I write and I record a couple mm-hmm. times. That's why I was like, you know, how, how often do you play and stuff? So yeah, sounds like it's just kind of like you kind of go with the flow. Yeah, and I think like that's it's just the habit and pattern that I'm used to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the primarily I, I find myself writing. I guess it would be in that order, like writing, recording, and playing mm-hmm. um, is, I guess, how the allocation of time is ordered. Um, or just noodling around on a guitar in my house. Yeah, yeah. just for fun. Mm-hmm. That's That's a great activity. That's what I like to do. So I'm curious kind of how you divide your time between your different projects or like kind of the timeline of what came first or which one is, if I'm sure they're both important to you or if there might be more than two that I know of, just like I know your Jordy Sands songs and your Lake Walk songs. Yeah. I might be missing some other ones possibly. Yeah. I guess there are, there's another that's like less directly affiliate affiliated i like will write and produce for an artist called love you later okay um and at times i want to do more producing but then other times it's stressful and vulnerable yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah so the geordie signs stuff is just like if i write a song that i like and want to record it i'll do it um which i guess a lot of times takes more precedence over some of the other stuff Especially since, like, playing live, all the Lake Walk stuff isn't really, like, easy to translate into a live setting. Sure, yeah. Um, Because that project kind of started out as, like, a... I didn't set out to, like, 
make an ambient album or an ambient project. It was kind of like just a way for me to do something, spend my time without like wasting it. Cause yeah. I'll get, I get like really anxious if at the end of the night I like look back on my day and it's like, I didn't do anything productive. I just totally watched the show or played video games. Yeah. Um, so it's like something I can give myself to point back to, to be like, I lived today and spent it well. Yeah. I'm um, the same way. Yeah. And then eventually that turned into like a whole project um, which I'm really stoked on. Um, Me too. Thanks. I really liked it. Yeah, that was sick. Um, but yeah, I've I've kind of put that on pause because I'm working on an album of stuff just under my name. Yeah. And then just wrapped up working on a new EP with Love You Later, and so yeah, it, there isn't like a, a super planned out. Uh, way I divide the time I kind of like to do it one at a time mm-hmm. just I'm, I'm learning more and more that I have way more of a one track mind that I'd, than I'd like to have <laughs> I wish I could like fire on all cylinders all, at, yeah. all the time um, but yeah I find it's just easier to focus on one at a time um, but yeah so that's kind of how I'm rolling right now yeah I'm the same way it's hard to multitask mm-hmm. and make it good yeah. Although I I find that if I'm if I'm getting creatively stuck in one, if I shift to the other, it it really helps like get the juices flowing. Yeah. And like I'll discover something new on a synth or with production wise that it's like oh oh that might have been the missing thing that I can go and like, mm-hmm. implement on that other project. Um, and I'll, I think that's just, like, one of the biggest uh, benefits of working on multiple things is they all inform one another. Mm-hmm. Different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I'm not getting stuck in my, yeah. my own ruts. Yeah. And it just gives you something else to do mm-hmm. when you are stuck. That's cool. So I've gotten kind of the picture of, like, how, how things got started. I'm curious, besides, like, the music you mentioned that your parents were into... Was there anything you were listening to, maybe like early teens and stuff that was like triggered you to be like, okay, I need to make music like this, or like this is really making me want to go write a song? Yeah, I think like early on, the things that stick out are um, Death Cab for Cutie, uh, Copeland, which is like one of my all time favorite bands. Damn. And, uh, Bright Eyes was another big one, mm-hmm. as well as Iron and Wine. So all those kind of like yeah. influencing me, just because they were songs that really affected me. Um, like I have distinct memories of listening to those artists Yeah, uh, from like 13, 14, 15 through high school and still to this day just being like, wow, I want to create that same thing, whatever they created in me. Yeah, that's cool. And I'd like a direct comparison to know what are you listening to now? I mean, obviously you still go back to those yeah. artists, but is there anything you're hyped on right now or like recent discoveries that you've had? Um, I mean, yeah, I feel like I generally have like a, this like pile of mainstays where it's like once, once I've like listened to an artist enough, it's like, all right, you get in the hall of fame. <laughs> yeah. So like Copeland's in there, Death Cab's in there. Mm. Um, Sufjan Stevens I've been listening to since like the end of high school and he's a huge influence mm-hmm. uh, Bon Iver incredible um, 
it took me a while to get into the national, but the the most recent one is like I've been listening to it like almost daily for the last ever since it's been out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so like a lot of a lot of bands like that and kind of bands in that same um, vein. Um, it's interesting because I think different artists are influencing different projects. And so like, I really love the 1975 and, um, Japanese house and those have kind of influenced how I approach, um, writing parts and producing for Love You Later. Um, there's this Japanese composer named Masakatsu Takagi who's like influenced a ton of the Lake Walk stuff. Um, and yeah, I guess all of these influences I've kind of stumbled upon, and mm-hmm. lately I'm trying to, like, seek out stuff to, like, implement, because I, I feel like one of the important things about creativity is, like, constantly learning, mm-hmm. so that it's... Or I heard someone say one time, or a handful of people have said, like, creativity is drawing connections between two unlike things, um, so I it's like... like yeah. In order to get more creative, keep learning more unlike things. Yeah. So you can draw more connections. So, yeah, I'm trying to stretch myself and, like, learn new instruments, learn new styles of music. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm I'm kind of trying to stretch, like, my piano skills and learn classical stuff as well as, like, jazz. and Yeah, it's just, like, a changing the mindset. So I, I keep all the things that I enjoy and that are, like, my comfy influences. Yeah. And it's, like... All right, and then I got to push myself, too. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. That reminds me of, like, I don't know who said this either, but other people say, like, the best way to, like, make something is to take, like, a piece of something known and a piece of something new. It's oh, kind that's of this, cool. It's just alliteration, but it's basically the same point as the quote you said. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, like, that's pretty much how any advance, whether it's, like, creative or, like, technological, it's, like, we yeah. keep building on the next thing and like, and yet bringing a new thing and an old thing. It's like, yeah, we keep iterating. And I think that's just really fascinating. And I want to bring that to my music so that, I don't know, it's a bummer when, when bands, it's like, oh man, you're still making stuff that sounds exactly the same as yeah, no progression 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, which is still great. Cause you got to love nostalgia. Yeah. But like, yeah, you gotta you gotta keep pushing yourself and integrating new things. That's why I get annoyed with the people who or the fans who are upset for a new direction from a band. I'm very like against that because I'm like even if it's not even if I don't like it as much as their old stuff, at least you gotta appreciate them trying to push to something new. Whereas like there's always a few fans that are just like, oh, it's not as good. Yeah, totally. I think people like really love to glorify like the good old days yeah um but but what's funny is like even those bands they're getting new fans so it's like their new stuff they're doing something different and people are gravitating towards it and like i've had to i've caught myself on that a couple times with bands i love who like yeah try a new sound at first i'm like this isn't this isn't the band i know and love but then i give it a while it's like okay all right that's cool I'm, i'm into it now yeah yeah you gotta just keep an open mind and mm-hmm. give it time or just accept that it's different even if you don't like it just be like they tried yeah i i find that if i if i give myself the time and open my my mind i'll i'll end up finding something to love no matter what yeah 
Absolutely. So you talked about a few of your favorite bands. I'm always curious to know kind of what people's favorite like concert going experience has been. I imagine maybe you've seen a few or some of those artists live. Yeah, I mean, like, pretty much when I think of my favorite concerts, it's, it's been yeah. those ones. Uh, Describe. Yeah, I got a few stories. So, uh, the first time I saw Sufjan Stevens was actually the first concert I went to after I got married. Oh, and so nice. that was special and in a great way. Yeah. Um, and I think I was just, like, blown away by, like, the how professional the performance was and that it was, like, full full experience. And it was, like, everyone was sat down which I thought was like so interesting and but I ended up loving it because it's like we're all just here to like experience this it's not like I don't know there's something different about like standing around sitting down for a performance makes it feel more like not like theatrical in the sense of like it's a theatrical performance but that it's like this is art and we're sitting here to experience you're observing it uh yeah and that was special and then uh I actually had the privilege of like being playing guitar for the a band that was opening for Copeland on a tour. Yeah, cool. So like this band that I grew up like idolizing and being like, I want to make music like that. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. I got to see play every night. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that was crazy in so many ways because it's like getting to know them as people was just so cool because it's like. Yeah, you are really just people, but also like you formed like my yeah. my teenage years and and adult years, um, and so that was really special. And then most recently, I went to the Bon Iver concert that came through a while ago, and I think it was <laughs> it's a funny story. It's the first concert that I remember like being like high, super high at. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, yeah. I just was like. I think I want to experience this high. Yeah. And my mind was blown. <laughs> I was like soaring through the cosmos. Yeah. And and just like blown away. I mm-hmm. felt like I was plugged into the universe. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, the the most recent album, the songs are incredible. And then just the way that they were able to translate it live was so impressive. Yeah. And it was like both impressive and like wow, I'm really feeling this. Um, especially since, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the, like, what they did with the lighting. They had all these suspended mirrors that would, like, move in these different arrangements oh, and dang. would point the stage lights at the mirrors. That's cool. So it was just doing all this crazy stuff. Yeah, and I was just flying through space and time. and That's amazing. Understood all the secrets of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw Bon Iver... I think it was Coachella 2017, maybe mm-hmm. the last time that he and they performed there. And I don't, I don't think it was the same show. I don't remember mirrors, but I do remember just an incredible performance and also being very like locked in, very like emotionally connected and just being blown away by how well they recreated the music live. So, yeah, I'm always so impressed when people are able to do that in a way that like, it's very obviously the same song from the album, but in a totally different way. Yeah, it's way. fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love that. That's yeah, I agree. So I'm curious to hear a little more about this touring experience. This I actually you were recommended to come on here by David, 
Pollock. Mm-hmm. And so I always ask the person who recommends, like, to give me some tips on, like, questions and stuff. And that was, like, one thing he said we should talk about is just your experience touring and, like, all the different acts that you've toured with and kind yeah. of what those experiences have meant to you. Yeah, that's You great. mentioned one already, so, yeah. Yeah, so I toured uh, playing in a band called Many Rooms, and we opened for we were opening for Copeland and from Indian Lakes. And from Indian Lakes was, like, right after high school, like a, a formative band for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was great. Um, and then another tour experience I had, I played bass for a band called Super Whatever. Um, and yeah, tour, touring is, it's just something else. It's, especially when it's like DIY touring, yeah. like in a van, d- not knowing where you're going to sleep until that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's like really rough in some ways and really like, I think because of that, it sort of feels like, you know how like, uh, like monks will like fast and like dip into this part of their brain. That's like kind of, it yeah. feels like fasting from normal life. Gotcha. Mixed with like being at summer camp. Yeah. It's like, wow, real life stopped existing. And now <laughs> I'm just with these people all the time. And it's weird because, uh, I was talking with my wife about this because she just went on tour uh, doing photography and selling merch. And it's weird because it seems like this thing that is so like outside the rhythm of normal life, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's got more of a rhythm than normal life in some way. Cause it's like, wake up, drive, go to the place, do the thing, find somewhere to sleep, sleep wake up, pack up all your stuff, load back up and get in. And it's like, all right. And everything's blurring all together. But I think I have distinct memories of that place. Um, And yeah, so it's cool because it, it, it just creates this like big singular experience of like, I was on tour. It's not like we went to this place and then this place and then this place. It all blurs into one. Yeah. Um, And it, it, I feel like it forced me in a lot of ways to learn how to find like a solitude and solace in myself. Cause there's like no alone time. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, learning how to like internally take care of myself in the back of a cramped van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's also just like such a blast to be able to play music every night. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really hard experience to describe but it's like, it's so special. Mm-hmm. And like, while I'm home, there's no way I would eat Taco Bell every day. <laughs> but on tour, I just might. <laughs> you get that privilege. <laughs> yeah, you totally do. It's funny because like, as you described all of that, I went back and forth in my head. Touring's something I've never done. I've played in a couple bands just in high school mm-hmm. and college. And we did local shows and stuff, but I've never toured. And like hearing you describe it, I, I went back and forth about three times. I was like, I gotta do it. Or like, no, nah, I don't know if I feel like doing that. Yeah. It, it's for sure. One of those things that, uh, philosophers or psychologists call it a, a transformative experience. It's yeah. like a decision that you can't logically make because the you that you'll become on the other side of it is totally different. So, like, when you make the decision, the you that will, like, reap the benefits of the decision isn't you anymore. Gotcha. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, it's absolutely miserable. And it's absolutely so much fun. 
It's both. And so it's like, yeah. I, I'm not going to, I don't want to steal the glory of like what a human life is, but it feels almost like having a kid Yeah. where it's like people who have kids are like, man, this is miserable. I haven't slept <laughs> in months, but you gotta have a kid, man. It's, yeah. it's the best thing ever. <laughs> I think that's a great metaphor. I feel like a lot of people think, I mean, I guess it's just all a form of art. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think of their art as their creation or like an extension of themselves, which mm-hmm. is what children are as well. So I think it's a good metaphor. Yeah, it's it's absolutely miserable and absolutely so rewarding. All right, I'll think about it some more. <laughs> I might. you got to do it, man. <laughs> at some, maybe at some point. Um, well, you mentioned your wife going on tour also. I'm curious, if you don't mind talking about your relationship a little bit, seems like music is something that's important to both of you. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've been married five years. My wife, she's a singer. Uh, We both grew up in like in local church scenes. And so I grew up playing guitar and singing and she grew up singing as well. Um, We didn't meet until later in life. But Mm -hmm. yeah, she's a great singer and she's secretly a great songwriter. Uh, She hasn't she hasn't released anything yet, but I think I think it's on the radar. Um, cool. She'll she'll have show me little voice memos every once in a while, or show yeah. her notes app, and it's like that's good stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, and also she's she's. I used to be a lot more like precious and secretive about my music, and kind of like not look for input because mm-hmm. um, any sort of feedback is the most soul crushing thing. <laughs> Can be hard. Uh, but she's. She has, like, such a good ear for music, and, like, now I'm like, hey, can you come listen to this? And she'll be like, you want me to just, like, say how it made me feel and, like, how much I like it, or do you want the feedback? (laughs) uh, Do the first one first, and then tell me what needs to improve. Depends on the day. Yeah. She has totally saved me from, like, usually it's like I can tell something is wrong here and I I don't like it but I'm not sure what it is and she'll Mm. point it out it's like okay thank you cool Um, so super helpful that's awesome love it it's great how did you meet it's funny we met at um, it was at like a a church thing it was at some art thing at a church and I had recently gone on a date with a girl who was interning there and the guy who was like running the whole thing had that day asked my wife out. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were like, I was showing up for the girl that I was into. She was showing up for the guy. And then we just met and Sparks didn't fly or anything because we were interested in other people. But because yeah. of that, I think like we weren't, there was no like pretense. There was no like trying to put our best foot forward. It was like. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Oh, yeah. I think I've yeah. Some some of my friends know your friends or know you. Like we had a bunch of mutual friends, but it was like because we were interested in other people, we were just so ourselves. Yeah, no pressure. That like we clicked and then kept running into each other after that, um, and then eventually we're like we get along really well. <laughs> Let's keep spending time together, and now we just, we spend time together for the rest of our lives. Nice. That's great. I love it. That's beautiful. Thank you. I like it a lot. I'm ready to. Uh write that screenplay for you that's funny that you say that it's already in the works (laughs) no it like because we kept like running into each other random places and like eventually started getting a little flirty there was like this inside joke bit like 
that it was like an indie romance film. Yeah. Uh, so like we kept saying that early on in our relationship. Uh, so it's funny that you said that because sometimes it still feels like that. Yeah, that's good. It should. Yeah. So here's a fun question. Random change of topics. I like to always ask what your favorite song of your own is, your favorite original. Oh, that's a good one. Um, my favorite is a song called Easy, uh, which is a song that I wrote for my wife. Very uh, nice. But yeah, I just like it because I like old like swing music and like jazz influence stuff and I feel like I kind of found a way to implement like an or like fuse this like indie folk vibe with like a jazzy vibe and then also with like some other stuff and and also like I think it's one of the songs that I've like written and recorded that best captures that best musically captures like the lyrics like sonically translates it yeah um like the in the chorus, it says, we fell like waves on foreign shores. And it's kind of like this ocean storm and, or like imagery. And like the chord changes feel like, like a, the tide kind of yeah. like slowly crashing on the beach. And yeah, I just really like it. And then somehow, however I set up the mics, the piano sounds super cool. Nice. <laughs> and then, Love that. Yeah. Just like arrange string parts. And so I feel like it kind of stretched me creatively, but like. It, and it feels like this timeless song. I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes a lot of my songs can feel like not like too stuck in a, a genre that like is timely, but it's like it's creative enough and like pushes enough of my own boundaries. And yet it's like a if you listen to it in 20 years, it's like not going to be like, wow, that's so 2020. Yeah. <laughs> or like 2019. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and so I just love it. And I'm I'm generally like a... I like to be a peaceful, calm person, and usually that's what I use music for, is to, like, relax. I'm not yeah. much of a hypey guy, and it's a very relaxing song to me. Cool. Yeah. And I like to immediately ruin the moment that we've just created <laughs> by asking what your least favorite song of yours is. Oh. And it's always hard to, like criticize or like choose something that you made to be your least favorite but generally just like something that frustrated you or like didn't quite turn out the way you wanted to is usually what it is yeah let me think um I generally like most of my songs. That's good. Uh, you can also not answer this. Yeah, no. It's, it's optional. There's definitely, like, stuff, like, or, as far as yeah. production-wise that it's, like... Exactly. It doesn't have to mean, like, I don't like this song, but just, like, gave you a hard time, maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, They're all good. Can't say a, can't no, say a bad thing. No, there's one that I feel like I didn't do justice, or there are a few that I feel like I didn't do justice, but there's one called... Lotus on the House Parade EP that the like vocal levels are like all over the place like it comes in on the like the verses come in super strong and then by the end of the like vocal phrase you're like leaning in like what are they saying <laughs> um and then like for some reason the bass also has like that same problem 
And so like things will be like super present and then it's like, wait, where did it go? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I feel like I didn't, I didn't do the song justice in my brain. Like when I imagined it, it was like this huge epic Mm -hmm. thing or like it starts out so intimate and becomes this like grandiose, like full orchestration. And I almost, I almost got there, but I, I, I listened back and I'm like, when I listen back, I hear how I wanted it to sound. Yeah. But when I actually listen how it is, like, eh, could have done better. Maybe someday I'll redo it. But it was, it got to a point that you were comfortable putting, putting it out. Yeah. Yeah. I put it Which out. Which is very good. That means you weren't <laughs> hating yourself over it and stuff. Like I think every musician feels sometimes it's like the getting to the finish line is tough on certain yeah. songs because you're like, eh, is it done? I could do this better. I could do this better, but I like how it sounds. Let's put it out. Yeah. I very much so take on the philosophy that like done is better than great. Yeah. Like, done is better than perfect. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's much easier to move on creatively. Um, once I'm just like, yeah, this is done, which I don't know. I know a lot of people who take, stuff really seriously and won't put it out until it's perfected and I listen to their stuff and I'm like yeah this is perfect it sounds amazing um and I feel like I could I should probably take take a hint from that or like implement wow. some of that but but at the same time I I know that if I get too perfectionistic I just will never finish anything yeah and I think a lot of people would listen to your music and say that sounds perfect Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. But that's how, I think, for a lot of people, too. It's like, you're, you're your own worst critic. Yeah. It's kind of a mouthful. But. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like, I think I, I want to, like, not even let that critic have the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Know, before it even gets talking. Just, just get it out before you get the No, nah, I'm done. I'm moving on to the next thing. Um, especially since I, I feel like I write more than I'm able to like keep up with recording wise and it's like mm-hmm. if I keep trying to perfect this I won't have it done for two years and I'll already have written like 20 more songs and you'll those always, won't get recorded yeah you'll always be behind yeah I don't want to like stay in song debt <laughs> I yeah. want to just keep it keep it going that's funny I haven't heard that before <laughs> is that is that just something you made up right now song debt song debt yeah that's a that's a new one I that's really fresh. like that I'm going to use that. Yeah, I feel, I just feel like, yeah, I'm always sitting on too many songs. And yeah. so, especially since I want, like, part of my whole, like, recording process is that I just want to have the songs out. Yeah. More so than I want to have, like, this incredible polished finished product. To me, it's more important that I have my songs out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but I kind of always, like, have this mentality of, like, I want my kids to be able to hear this. Yeah. And it's like, if I spend another few months working on this song, that's these songs that my kids won't hear because they won't get recorded. Yeah. Um, which is um, kind of maybe, like, a morbid mindset. <laughs> like, no. I don't want to die before I record these songs. <laughs> a lot of people have that, I think. I had that when I recorded, like, my first album. It was, like took way longer than I thought it was going to take and I was really slow and I was like got about halfway and it had taken me like a year and a half to get halfway Mm -hmm. which I I thought when I started it was going to take a few months yeah 
And I was halfway, and I've been a year and a half, and I was like, dang, what if I die before I finish this? Yeah, I'd be so sad. Um, But then I I think there's like a quote from Tarantino, like that he was like, he had the opposite feeling that he was like, he knew he had to make Pulp Fiction. And he was like, this was like before he made it, obviously. He's like, I know, he wasn't anxious before then because he's like, I can't die. Because I know I have to make this movie. Oh, funny. And, like, people have to see it. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't relate to that at all. I was like, extreme fear of death. Yeah. Early on. It's real. But I, anyway, I feel ya. Um, But I, and I like what you said about wanting your kids to hear your music. Because it's kind of just like, obviously creating songs is like, you're literally, like, creating yourself in Sonic version. You're like, this is who I am. Yeah. And if you listen to these, like, you will understand me. At least as much as anyone else could. Right. Yeah. I like to think of it, like, the way that I've thought of it for a while is, like, leaving behind little fossils of myself. That's nice. Um, Especially since it's, like, because I try to be a little bit ambiguous in songwriting, it's, like, it's hard to tell exactly what I'm saying, but I think I like that because it gives the listener, like, room to fill in the gaps with themselves and see themselves in the songs Mm -hmm. and it's like i i'll listen to the stories that my like mom and dad have told me and it's like oh i I can kind of see myself in that story yeah um and i just think about like when my kid i don't have kids yet but if i have kids and they're like 16 and like listening to dad's old album it's like whoa my this was my dad like i don't know just like seeing like I don't know. I don't know how to put it into words, and that's, that's why a, I write songs, I yeah, guess. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Just go listen to the songs, people. <laughs> well, we're kind of scratching the surface of the main topic that I always like to get to, and the, kind of the whole point of this show is I'm really just on a mission to figure out what the point of making music is, because it's such an ambiguous thing. It's something people do for so many different reasons and are trying to find so many different outcomes. So you've answered it a little bit, but I'll give you the question point blank is why do you make music? Hmm. I feel like I have maybe a handful of answers. Please. This is a podcast, so you have to say all of them. That's great. Uh, one is that I just can't not. Yeah. Uh, I'll go through like some dry seasons, but I always end up finding myself like just picking up a guitar, sitting at the piano, and making noise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, it's just like a habit at this point, which is like not a cool answer. It's like, but it's just a habit. It's just a habit that I have to keep doing. Yeah, that's valid. Um, so that's one of the answers. Um, another, I guess, is like, I think there was a part of me that like wanted to deny this for a long time because it sounded egocentric but I think it is like leaving behind a Mm -hmm. legacy of myself leaving behind those fossils and like um just something to be able to point back to and be like I was here yeah um yeah and I for some reason feel more comfortable just like owning that and be like I want to have some proof that I existed yep (laughs) on this planet it is it is immortalizing yourself yeah in a way and I think a lot of people feel that way too who make any kind of art yeah any kind of art any any sort of accomplishment it's like we're we're trying to live forever in some way 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then another thing is I music affected me in such a powerful way, um, like helped helped me like reframe and process so many of the things that were going on my going on in my life at a young age, and even now it's like music helps me make sense of my world. Um, and I'd like to think that I can contribute to that for others as well. Um, yeah. Or even just like, I really like creating a mood. And so mm-hmm. like the Lake Walk stuff yeah. is like, totally. I like to find peace. And a lot of times, like I said, music is that for me. It's one of those things I could put on and go for a walk or put on and lay down and just be like, all right, okay, I'm chilling. Yeah. And so those songs were like making those songs was like, I'm making peace and chill right now. And so it's been cool. Cause a lot of people have like said, I put that on and it like relaxes me or I, I put it on when I'm working. Cause it's yeah. like, I'm stressed and I need to calm down. I'm going to listen to my own stuff. Yep. Um, I was, I was doing the same thing. Thanks. I was listening yeah. to it at work yesterday. Yeah. And so it's like, I want to make it for the reasons I want to, consume music as well like yeah create a mood enjoy it make sense of my life um so yeah i guess i guess all of that terrible answers (laughs) you have to leave all right (laughs) (laughs) very good i love it we'll move on to something silly then we're gonna back i like to i like to kind of you know back and forth between silly things and and serious things so something that I always ask is I'd like to know what you enjoy doing besides making music. Hmm. Other hobbies, your job, if you have a work life outside of music. Yeah, well, I don't enjoy my job, and that's fine. That's totally okay. I like to shut off my brain at work. You Learn that if I, if I care too much, I don't have care left over after work. So thankfully I'm able to, like, not fully shut off my brain because I'm going to do a good job. Yeah, of course. But, of course. Yeah, so I work. I, I like to read a lot. Um, what kind of books? I like, uh, I like philosophy as well as like novels and short stories. Um, I'm a big fan of an author named Joseph Campbell. Yeah, I know Joseph Campbell. Yeah, Joey Cams. He's the guy. He is the guy. Uh, yeah, rec- most recently I've been reading a book called Someone Who Will Love You in All Your Damaged Glory by Raphael Bob Waxberg, who was the creator of a show called BoJack Horseman. Love BoJack, yeah, okay. Best show I didn't know there was a book. Yeah, I think it's pretty new, but it's like a collection of short stories that are kind of, it's not like animals and stuff. Yeah. It might be sometimes. <laughs> but it's like kind of that same, like, the way he mixed, like, uses absurdism and like kind of crazy nonsense it yeah. feels like as a shortcut to the deepest parts of the human soul yeah <laughs> he does that I, like i'll read a short story totally and, like, be laughing one minute and then crying the next um yeah so reading uh i have plenty of others but i can't think of them like going on walks uh that's good yeah it's really nice you're not faking it then not faking it. The walks thing. Yeah, I used. There was a lake that there I was used a to lake. walk. Was a lake. We got married at the lake. Oh, that's the lake. 
Uh, What's the lake called? Or do we? Is it secret? No, it's, it's not, stay secret. It's RSM Lake in Rancho okay. Santa Margarita, or I think it's. It might be called something else, but it's the lake in RSM. That's like a place that your fans can go for like a pilgrimage. Oh yeah, they can they can go there. Uh, you can go to the spot where I was there. It's a little amphitheater. Nice. But yeah, it's funny. I like grew up kind of going around that lake, and then it became this place where I would essentially go and like meditate, clear my head. Mm-hmm. It's a place where my wife and I started dating, a place where I proposed, a place where we got married, <laughs> and just like is kind of this very special place. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, because of that, I wanted to like make lake walks as like a trying to capture the like feeling of being there for me. Yeah. Um, which is like being grounded and having peace. But um, other hobbies, I don't play as many video games as I used to, but I learned to read by playing Pokemon. Nice. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. I like cooking a lot. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just like another form of creativity that's like, what happens if I mix this with this and Hopefully it tastes good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm into cooking too. Uh, and then I like traveling. I like I like just learning stuff. I feel like I feel like I'm always trying to learn something that's outside of my actual like what I'm able to <laughs> learn. And so it's mostly just me like watching YouTube videos of people who are way smarter than me and me yeah. like, just being fascinated and being like this is cool. Those are the only things worth learning, in my opinion. Yeah. I've if been, it's easy to learn, then screw it. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos and listening to a lot of podcasts on, like, theoretical physics. Oh, geez. And I have... I, I know nothing yeah, about that's any of that, but I love it. Yeah. I'm with you. I've been trying to learn the game Go. I don't know if you... Do you know the board game Go? It's like a ch- ancient Chinese... Yeah, yeah. ...version of, like... It's, like, chess, but ten times more complicated and, like, uh-huh. can be extremely... It's, like, supposed to be the hardest, like, board game ever, and I can't figure it out. But I've been watching a lot of YouTube about it. Yeah. I feel like there's something <laughs> so special about that of, like... Because, I, I don't know, I have this hope, like, eventually it'll click. Exactly. Eventually I'll get it. But for now, I'm just staring at a screen or, like, listening to a podcast and, like, that's... These guys are saying smart stuff. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Maybe somebody will think we're saying smart things. Maybe. <laughs> Can only hope. I'm crossing. You can't see it, but I'm crossing my fingers. The fingers are crossed. I um, can confirm. Which was your favorite version of Pokemon? This is important to me. Okay, so. I mean, there's probably a couple, but. My dad volunteered for, like, the youth soccer league mm-hmm. in the area. Um, and, like, at one of their meetings... In the Lost and Found was a Game Boy Color with Pokemon Red in it. Oh. He's like, no one has yeah. claimed this for like five weeks. And I, I'm pretty sure at that point I was like, Dad, please. please. I need <laughs> Pokemon. So it was the OG Red version. Yeah. I was like that is OG. five. Didn't really know how to read. Yeah. And I think Red version is, is just, it's a classic. Red and yeah. blue. But like, yeah, I would play it all the time and I had no idea what was happening I didn't know how to get past, like, the guy in Viridian City. I think, is that the second one? I think so, yeah. Or, yeah, I didn't know how to get the, like, package for Professor Oak. Uh-huh. So I had, like, a Charmeleon before I even got into uh, Viridian Forest. 
I was always a fan of leveling up at the beginning anyway. Oh, yeah. I was just like, if I got the new version later on, I didn't, I, I started with gold version. I was Classic. a little behind you. Really good. Um, but every, every time I got a new version, I would spend a full day or two after receiving the game just leveling up my just first grinding. Pokemon, yeah. just getting it to the full evolution. And that was such a dumb thing to do because you're leveling up on like the weakest monsters <laughs> at the beginning. So it takes like five times as long as it should if you just play the game normally. But Yeah, my, uh, my brother and I would play all the time and one of our... One of our like game cartridges stopped being able to save. Yeah, that's and we would go on like family trips to Lake Havasu in Arizona, and so it's like we'd wake up in the morning and be like, "Let's see (laughs) if we can beat it before we get there." And we got so like essentially speed running before we knew speed running was a thing. Yeah, Uh, like let's see if we can beat it (laughs) before like we get there because if we turn this off, we'd lose everything. Yeah, Uh, that's awesome. But yeah, so red version, blue version. Gotta nice. love them. Yeah. I had the same thing with my brother, my little brother. We would get, they always came in pairs, so it was like, mm-hmm. we'd get gold and silver, we'd get ruby sapphire, Classic. red leaf, green, you know, green leaf, red. The the reboots, what were they? Yeah. Green leaf and... Uh, was it fire red? Fire red, that's what it was. Uh, so I was saying red first, that's why I got frozen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no kids yet, but do you have any pets? No pets either. Okay. I have some plants. Um, Those count. They can count. You care about them, maybe. <laughs> I I have been taking pretty good care of them. My basil plant is a little finicky, uh, but that's probably because I keep picking its leaves to cook with. I mean, that's what it's for. Changes the game. Having oh a fresh goodness. basil plant right there, just pick the leaf, rinse it, and put it in your food. I support that. If given the opportunity, I'd like a whole garden. Yeah, same. Fresh herbs and such. Whatever I can manage. Well, okay. I almost forgot. I have a game I play. Okay. Um, it'll be a simple version this time. Basically, I've, I've gone kind of back and forth, but the game's called Soundtrack to Your Life. Mm. Basically, I just give you a scene. You pretend you're in a movie. I give you mm-hmm. a scene... And you have to choose the song that is playing in the background in yeah. a given scene. I love this. I've gone kind of back and forth between the amount of detail in the scene. We'll do simple this time. Basically, let's start with let's start with like a cliche one, because well, we talked about it. You can't say lake walks, but <laughs> let's say the scene is you are walking around that very special lake with your very special lady. And it's your 20th anniversary, and you have two kids behind you. What song is playing? Uh, and I'm only personally requesting you don't say your own music, because it would obviously make a lot of sense. Yeah. But if you had to go to something else. I, I have the song in mind, but I, it's Glow" by S. Carey. Um... I'm pretty sure we, we played it at our at our wedding and it like the song is so special. It's yeah. it's like just a magical song because well it, it it's funny because it describes like the process of I think Kim falling in love with his wife, mm-hmm. but then it also references a lake 
and his I think he like baptized his daughter in a lake. Nice. And so it's like about that too. It's like having kids at the lake where we got marriage. Perfect. Yeah. Beautiful song. You gotta listen to it if you don't know. I'm gonna half the reason I do this is just so I can hear everybody's favorite stuff and go find new things. Yeah. Alpha Glow, that's scary. I hope that's why people listen to it's just like discover new music, whether it be yours or the stuff that you like. So, uh, scene two will go complete opposite end of the spectrum. You're with your buddies. I don't know if you drink, but in this scene, you've drank many drinks. You've had five to six shots of tequila. You're out at a karaoke bar. Some guy's being a jerk and just totally bumps into you. You say sorry. You didn't care. But he thinks that you have a problem with him, and he tries to fight you. Oh. He actually throws a punch and hits you. And now now you're in a fight, and you have to fight back. You don't have to fight back. But it's supposed to be a fight scene. Yeah, okay. High energy. What song is playing? I'm 99.9% a pacifist, but let's give it... I kind of figured, I was like, I'm (laughs) describing this, this is not you, this doesn't sound like you, but if you had to imagine yourself in a high-energy bar fight... Okay, I might need a second for this one. You can also just pass, (laughs) if it comes to that. I might have it. Yeah, I don't know. I I've tried to get into like aggressive music, but I <laughs> mostly I I just think that anger is sadness <laughs> like <laughs> at its core and anytime I get angry, I usually just end up crying. Yeah. <laughs> so I probably would just cry. <laughs> I'm with you. I hate I hate I I was recently like writing this I have this journal that my girlfriend gave me that's like called a me journal and it asks you questions about yourself. Uh-huh. And one of the questions was like when in your life were you the angriest? And I was like, oh. I don't know. I don't get angry. I just get sad or frustrated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm never like erg. I'm just like <sighs> So, I relate to that. That can be a, that can be a hard pass. Yeah. I might put on some rage against the machine. That was I mean that's like an easy go-to. Yeah. I used to like work out to Rage Against the Machine in high school. Not out of anger, but just out of like too much testosterone. And like yeah. puberty angst. It happens. So. <laughs> okay, final scene. This, okay, you're on <coughs> tour. Your favorite tour of all time. All of your favorite musicians you've, wor- you've worked with over the years have gotten together to form a super group. Wow. And you're in the van driving across the middle of the country. What, what is your go-to road trip song? The Climax by Usher. <laughs> Perfect. Not your typical uh, road trip song. But no, it's not. But Climax by Usher is one of the best songs in the entire world. I'll take it. Yeah, I will not back down from that statement. I won't make you. You're so <laughs> confident. I can't even question it. I can't even really think about it. I just have to accept it. All right. Tell the people where they can find your music, where they can follow you on social media and stuff. Cool. Yeah. My music is on, I think, all of the streaming platforms. Spotify. Yeah, I use DistroKid. Everywhere they put you. Shout out. Here's the... Uh, 
here's the advertisement. Yes. Use DistroKid for all your music distribution needs. Yeah, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Tidal, Napster. Is that one still around? I don't know. I'm still searching. I really want whoever <coughs> uses Tidal to reach out to me just so we can have a chat. I just want to learn more about the person who uses Tidal. Yeah. I say this every time it gets brought up. I see more ads for Tidal than people who use it. I've never met anybody who has it, so. Yeah. But yeah, and then I'm also on, I have a Facebook page, but I feel like only old people. I mean, if you're old and listening, you can go and follow my Facebook page. Yeah. But I'm on Twitter as Jordy Signs, and then I'm on Instagram. That the handle is It's Jordy. But yeah. if you just search Jordy Signs, you'd find it. Um, yeah, I tweet random stuff on Twitter and nice. don't post that much on Instagram. But sometimes I do. <laughs> that's, that's all you need to do, I yeah. think. You can't really ask for much more than that. Yeah. And I will link all this stuff. If you're listening to this, it shouldn't be that hard to find because things will be linked in the description. And I'll probably have posted this on Instagram, which is probably where most people find it anyway. So yeah, you're smart people. You can do it. You got this. I always ask if you would do me the honor of recommending another person that you think would be a good person to interview on this show. Uh, I've got two. Two is good. Uh, Chance Espinoza and Cameron Simony, who... Chance Espinoza is in a band called Sounds, or Sounds of Satellites, as well as Dad Legs. Um, Cameron Simony is also in Dad Legs and has a solo project called Dog Mountain. Both some of the best songwriters I know, some of the best musicians I know, and I love them with all my heart. Perfect. I look forward to hopefully meeting them. I am very backlogged. Anybody who listens to this should realize it because like each person I interview usually says two or three people. And I have this like, I actually keep track of everybody on a website that does family trees. Oh, wow. And so it's just like growing. And I just feel bad. Sometimes I reach out to somebody. I'm like, I'm going to hit you up soon. And then it's like a month later. I'm like, all right, let's do it. I'm going to hit you guys up. (laughs) Be patient with me. I can't wait for their episodes. Well, thank you. This has been a pleasure. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time and staying out here in Costa Mesa. And that was fun. Yeah, It was really fun. Thanks for having me. We always end with a high five, so. I love it. Boom. Perfect. Brother Stoic Alchemist, home with your elixirs. Though your head my father kissed, you left your
Don't let